This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening, both for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Today's reading from the Daily Office is Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 through 51. Now, let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Who then is the faithful and wise slave whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their allowance of food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked slave says to himself, My master is delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour that he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Today's reading from Matthew comes at the end of chapter 24. It is a kind of wrap-up, you might say, and for me is very provocative and discomforting. Being based on the NRSV translation, in only seven verses the word slave is used six times. In our world of today, the word slave can have such evocative connotations, stirring up all kinds of wide-ranging emotional response. In large part, that is because slavery was one of the two original sins in the founding of our country. So I am willing to bet you a dollar to a donut that just by saying that got your emotional juices flowing in one way or another. Yes, no, maybe, well, let's dive in for a little bit of word study. The original Greek word used here is doulos. According to Strong's Concordance of the Bible, doulos is a masculine noun, but of uncertain origin, appearing 141 times and variously translated as bondservant, 
23 times, bond slave 11 times, as men or women 8 times, servant 1 time, and yes, slave 98 times. I would like to note that the original English King James Version uses the word servant instead of slave. According to Strong's, doulos properly means someone who belongs to another, like a bond slave, without any ownership rights of their own. Strong points out that, ironically, doulos or bond slave is used with the highest dignity in the New Testament, namely to describe believers who willingly live as devoted followers under Christ's authority. Okay, I guess I can buy that. It is used metaphorically as one who gives up their own self, wholly and sacrificially, to another's will. You know, it is in that way that Mary's baby, the baby Jesus, ended up on the cross. And I guess it's in this way that in which we should understand being a servant or slave to Christ. As St. Paul put it, quote, I am a free man, nobody's slave, but I make myself everybody's slave in order to win as many people as possible, end quote. Now, about this wrapping up of chapter 24 business, let's start at the beginning of that chapter for some perspective. As Jesus leaves the temple with his disciples, he predicts the destruction of the temple, saying, Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Well, the Roman Empire made that happen. Then on the Mount of Olives, Jesus answers the disciples' questions about the end of the age, you know, saying life then will be as painful and uncontrollable as an expectant mother giving birth, just like I imagine happened with Mary, who is just about now ready to deliver us a Savior. And those excruciating pains will only be the beginning of various persecutions and great sufferings of false messiahs and signs of the second coming of the Son of Man. Then he teaches them a lesson likening the signs of the end times he describes to that of tender branches and new leaves of a fig tree as signs of summer. You will know it is here when it happens. It's like, you know, you'll say to yourself, Oh, yeah, see those beautiful particular buds and blossoms? I get it. It's here and now. I find it uplifting that Jesus describes the end as a new beginning. You know, as a time of birth or rebirth, if you will, and the renewal of springtime when life returns, as an Easter time, as opposed to, say, a winter scene. But Jesus also likens it to the time of Noah, when everyone was goofing off, really sinning in the worst ways, really getting good at being bad, 
until the rains came. A very drastic, deadly deluge of discipline, but also an opportunity for deliverance and rebirth. Noah, his wife, the three boys and daughters were the remnant who paid attention and were ready. The good news is that humanity as well as creation was rescued, and there was that rainbow, a sign of rescue and hope and freedom for humanity, inclusive of all humanity. In our times, the rainbow flag represents this and a reminder that all are not truly free. Very importantly, Jesus emphasizes that no one knows the details like when, where, and exactly how. But there are the telltale signs he speaks of. Jesus stresses that we are to be ready, be watchful, be aware, and awake, so that we will take notice and not be lost to oblivion. The only certainty is the uncertainty that something awesome, beautiful, and majestic is going to happen. The Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Gosh, it could be tomorrow even. And wow, something awesome, beautiful, and majestic could be happening in your life right now at this very moment in this time and place, or my life, or we might be able to, to make something awesome, beautiful, and majestic happen in someone else's life. Being ready and preparing for the coming of Jesus is a theme of Advent. And all of this gives context to today's reading from the end of chapter 24. It is another warning. The unfaithful and unwise master or servant manager is the one who, like in the time of Noah, is really distracted and seriously goofing off, sinning badly, decadently, whereas the faithful and wise servant manager is the one who is ready, aware, awake, watchful, and prepared as one can be, focused and functional. You know, just going about the day-to-day -day work of salvation, not complicated, reconciling, healing, liberating, and serving, following the example of Jesus' love, grace, mercy, and justice. There is nothing magical, but very straightforward. In practical terms, day-to-day, -day, our own personal interests can only be met when we see Christ in all and when the needs of our community are also met. You know, our community of families, friends, colleagues, neighbors, fellow citizens, this environment which we share, and dare I say, even our enemies. Since we will be celebrating in four days the birth of Christ, in the words of St. Patrick, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, 
Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now the collect for third advent. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us, and because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if you would like to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, and in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. Let us now pray the collect for the human family. It's on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray the collect for social order and social justice. It can be found on page 823 of the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving Spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray the concluding collect 
from page 139. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand, and the day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now, in this time of expectation, go into the world in peace, hope, and joy to seek and serve God, being and doing God's grace, mercy, and justice. Do everything in love. Amen.